Only when I had to eventually say goodbye, that's when it all clicked in. Swimming was like, can I keep swimming some more? I want to keep swimming. Um, I had fun and I think that's what I forget and that's why I always want to reiterate when you do the grassroots when you when you talk to to swimmers or to other athletes and even to my kids to this day you have to have fun if it stops being fun it is nothing welcome everyone the most important thing in the Olympic Games is not winning but taking part the OSLP podcast features the Filipino athletes who took part and fought well. Listen to their stories and learn the lessons about competing and living. To receive a new episode each week, please follow our podcast and check out our website, philippinolympians.org. In this episode, we will be featuring Christine Jacobs Andejas, an Olympic swimmer who became a television host, movie actress, and sportscaster. My story is basic. My story is no different from any other um, young child that, uh, you know, starting off in terms of um, sports career, which I at that time didn't even know that it would be my career. My, my parents just said, hey, learn how to swim. All of you need to learn how to swim in terms for survival. My dad loved the water. I mean, he would go scuba diving. I mean, that was pretty much our life. So he wanted all three of us, I have two younger brothers, to learn how to swim. And so we did obediently, um, not knowing that we can actually say no. right? So it's like, no, learn to swim. So we went to the, the polo club was where I learned how to swim at that time. And lucky for us, for me, was that they had a very active swim program. They had swimming meets almost every weekend. I mean, we would go to Clark, Subic, Swim in Makati Sports. And it was just very active, wholesome, happy atmosphere that we kind of just did. Um, at that time, I was also um, taking ballet. I did judo as well. So I was doing so many things. I mean, no one ever put into my mind, you are going to be... Uh, I want you to go to the Olympics or you're going to be a champion. There was none of that at all. It was just, just swim, have fun. And even when I started, it was really my brothers who excelled. I mean, they would, when we come home after like swim meets, it would always be, oh, Dave did so well. And this is, it was never me. I was just like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to swim, you know? And, um, and I guess that is what really helped me keep going and not want um, to stop was that the positive atmosphere, the friends that I met, the, the program um, that was present at the Manila Polo Club. So when I heard people talk about grassroots, definitely that I highly advocate any grassroots of anything because that's where it all starts. These kids don't even know their potential, but you putting it there in a very positive way um, enables them to stay because what happens is people don't want to stay after a while because there's the pressure, you have to win, you have to do this. And it's like, I'm so young. I don't even know what that is yet, but I do like the guy in the next lane. I think he's kind of cute. So I think I'm going to come back and my friends were going to make cheese me about what, you know, that was my life for so many years. And I loved it. I loved it. So I was nothing spectacular, mind you. Um, I was just swimming my first ever um, 
international meet, maybe when I was like 11 or 12 years old, and that was for the Junior Olympics in Japan. So that was my first, um, you know, taste of international and I didn't win. I mean, I was, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular happened. And then I did the Sea Games age group soon after that and nothing. I was seventh place. I mean, but, you know, I guess just the fact that I was able to to participate and represent. And at that time, um, swimming was just so active. I mean, we were like a team of 30 or 40 swimmers um, traveling internationally. And, you know, you, you just you just feed off all of these positiveness and say, I want to be like that. I want to be like them, you know? Um, and so that started it all. And lo and behold, I guess things just started setting in. I put in my 10,000 hours of just swimming, no pressure. I mean, I, I just, just love the atmosphere, I guess. So my first Philippine record happened when I was in 13 years old, and that was for the 100 meter backstroke. And that was here in Manila. And all of a sudden, that clicked. It's like, oh my gosh, this girl's good. <laughs> she can actually do something, you know? And that started, that started it, it all, I guess, um, for me realizing my aha moment that, oh, wow, I, I can actually be a really good swimmer. And um, so that opened the door and I did my first international meet in 1981. And that was the SEA Games here in Manila. Um, bronze medal, you know, but I was like, oh my gosh, I got a medal. You know, <laughs> it's like, that was me. And then the, the 83 SEA Games, uh, that was my gold medal, uh, two, two or three relays and mostly the backstroke the 100 uh, backstroke and 200 meter backstroke was really my thing at that at that time and then 84 um olympics happened and you know with the 85 sea games and then the 1987 sea games so these were just all happening back to back um and yeah i mean i was i was happy i was happy but i'm not going to say it was all easy because once you start winning that's when things start going the other way i mean you're just so happy that you're winning but then again um the pressure starts not only putting it on yourself but on other people as well instead of you chasing other people trying to win everybody's starting to chase you and you're like oh my gosh no no you're getting too close hold on you know which means i have to train so much harder and so, you know, that's always hard once, once you start climbing up because, you know, people are also, you know, close, close behind you. Um, so that would be one of the challenges. Um, of course, the training started getting more intense. It wasn't any more an afternoon training after school, which was really my life. It became swimming at 5 a.m. all the way in PUP and having to go to school smelling like chlorine and everybody was absolutely gorgeous when they wake up going to school and I had like wet hair, haven't eaten, you know, lack of sleep and all that stuff. And then after school to go back to swimming again. And so that was my life for, for so many years and having to do swimming meets on the weekend. So forget social life once you're growing up, uh, which is why maybe I started really loving the people that I was uh, with in the pool because they were they were really my life and then my friends and who are still my friends um, to this very day. And another thing that was also challenging, um, 
but I don't know if the other athletes here that I'm, I'm sure you've gone through this, but the thought of even quitting, the thought of even retiring, it was just too much. Um, I wasn't having fun anymore. And this was before I even swam in LA or even tried to qualify for LA. And I was just saying, I'm tired, you know, but do I have to wake up again and do all of these things? And my dad said, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I do have parents that have always been there and very supportive. And um, my dad said, Chris, take the weekend off. I mean, that was all I got. Take the weekend off. Don't think about swimming and, you know, just, just come back on Monday and, and start it again. Um, but I guess the thought, just the thought that he said, you can't take time off. I think that helped me a little bit realize that, okay, you know, let, let's, let's not think about quitting yet. Let, let, let's go the whole nine yards here um, because Olympics was my dream. I think the dream of any athlete, whether you, you'll be able to make it or not. I mean, it's just a small number of people that can actually call themselves Olympians. I mean, lots of sports advocates, lots of athletes all over the world. And I tell my kids that, I mean, there's just a few, a few number of people that can say I made it um, all the way. Um, and I'm lucky that my, my parents didn't allow me to quit, allow me to go forward, uh, to sacrifice a little bit more, but joyfully, um, you know, to be able to achieve my dream of swimming in, in the LA um, Olympics. I didn't train in the States. So I trained here, um, which is something I'm very, very proud of, is that very Philippine trained. Um, leading up to the Olympics. My only time I trained abroad was the few months prior to, to the Olympics to be able to get acclimated and, and all of these things. So I did that. Um, went to the Olympics and, you know, who, who am I? <laughs> I wasn't really anybody special, but I was there and people would want my autograph. I'm like, okay, sure, I'm gonna find, I'm just gonna sign away. You know, and um, I was by myself because my parents weren't allowed to enter. And coming from the States, I had no big team. So it was me going through this experience, you know, all on my own. No medals. Yeah, I didn't come home with the gold or anything else, but, but I did break Philippine records. So at that time, that was really my goal was to do the best that I can with what I have uh, at that time. And yeah, so, so that was definitely a dream come true. Um, and then I was still in high school at that time. I was only 16 when I swam in the Olympics. So I was still in high school, graduated. And then I still had four years of college that I had to deal with. Um, at that time, I already had this, this, um, this thing under my belt or this bucket list that I just ticked off, which was the, the swimming. And now I have to go swim in the States. And then with all of these, you know, swimmers and I said but what I already did my goal why do I have to keep swimming there was nothing else that was in front of me right so I had to to find that desire again that want the the dreams and um for the longest time it was let's say I found it I found the joy and happiness of swimming again only in my senior year in college, only when I had to eventually say goodbye. That's when it all clicked in. Swimming was like, can I keep swimming some more? I want to keep swimming. Um, 
I had fun. And I think that's what I forget. And that's why I always want to reiterate when you do the grassroots, when you, when you talk to, to swimmers or to other athletes, and even to my kids to this day, you have to have fun. If it stops being fun, it is nothing. And even work, I mean, even in all that you do today, it has to be fun. And, and that is going to make you want to make me wake up at 2.30 every morning just to do the morning news because I love it. I mean, I don't find it as stressful. And my husband said, you better quit now. I said, no, but I like it so much. I don't want to be absent. I want to be there every day, you know? And, and, and I found that joy, which was how it all started um, way back. Uh, before the the Philippine records and the gold medals. It was just, you know, I just love the sport. And I think the more you love it, the more it will love you back. And, um, and that's how I ended my swimming career was just finally figuring it out. I, I wish I, I figured it out earlier, um, but maybe I wouldn't have because I knew it was coming to an end and it was the time in, in the States. I said, coach, I want to be a normal person. I don't want to swim. Okay. I want to look for a job like everybody else. This is my senior year. Give me that time. So once again, it's just that, give me a break. You know, I'm done with the pressure. I don't care. Um, but that's when I had the best year of my life was, was just doing all of that. So so that is the, the one biggest tip that I would give to anybody, whether it be my children or, you know, anybody that, that wants to excel, you just have to have fun. And moving forward, this is where I am now, uh, Mama Five, and a lot of my experiences that I learned as an athlete, I'm definitely, definitely living it and applying it to my life as we speak. Um, you know, it has helped me become a better person by far. It has helped me with whatever I do, whatever job I'm in. It just helped me stay focused and the values that, that I've learned um, helps me, you know, keep going, whether it be taking care of my kids or waking up at 5 a.m. to nurse my child. I mean, these are these are things that that I really learned, um, you know, as an athlete. So I highly encourage grassroots Definitely, definitely, definitely. If we have a good base of grassroots athletes, I mean, we won't be lacking in the future we're in. We're going to have to pull athletes from the sky, you know, to come here. I want to be able to develop our own, you know, athletes and compete, which is why Akiko started here. She didn't start from way, way anywhere. And myself and Hyrule and maybe the other athletes that you will have here. We really, we started here. Um, because they found us here. They didn't find us anywhere else. And so I take pride in that. So if we could just gang up together, the coaches, take care of our athletes, teach them how to have fun, teach them the values, teach them how to lose, how to win. I mean, at, at the end of the day, we're going to be a much happier happier race, happier people with all those endorphins, you know, that you're just going out. We're just going to be just smiling all the time. So yeah. You know, go keep coaching and keep helping these kids uh, find and, and rediscover themselves. So thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode of the OSLP podcast. 
Don't forget to join us next week to listen to another Filipino Olympian. This is brought to you by the Philippine Olympian Association and Adrenaline Solutions. Please check out our websites at philippineolympians.org and adrenaline.solutions. Thank you for listening. Thank you.